0: I think it's integration end to end, beyond the own company, like integrating into networks, come and share important, transparent data we need to really achieve the goals we all have for sustainability. And for us, it's food the way it should be.
1: Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. My name is Nicole Smyth, and I'm a marketer, blogger, and supply chain podcaster here at SAP. So for today's show, I have my wonderful co-host, Sin, by my side to introduce our guest. So, Sin, over to
2: you. Thank you so much for the kind words, Nicole. Hi, I am Sinto, and in today's episode, we have Ben Ventuas from Frosta as our guest, and with whom we will talk about Frosta's exciting sustainability journey from challenges to solutions, so welcome, Ben, and thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you on the series. Could you please take a moment to introduce yourself and give some insights into your role?
0: Yeah. Hello, really happy to be here. My name is Ben Hintforst. I'm already now almost five years with Froster, so starting 2019 the role of a responsible person to drive the digital transformation for the organization and also bring back the technology stack to let's say a benchmark level where we are ready to execute all this ambitious goals we have.
2: Thank you so much for the introduction. So Froster is actually a super well-known company in Germany and it's also very well known for its high quality frozen products. So if we look at the statistics for frozen products they show that the sales of frozen food in Germany rose by 3.1% to just under 3.8 million tons in 2021, according to the German frozen food Institute. And the total sales of frozen food rose by 5.6% to 15.92 billion euros. That is extremely high and it's amazing. And increasing demand for ready to eat meals and cold cuts and other prepared food is driving the steady growth of this market. Consumption of ready-to-eat food is significantly influenced by the hectic lifestyle of millennials and the growing number of working people worldwide, of course. But consumers are now also paying increasing attention to sustainability. And this does not always go together as consumers, especially in Germany, are displaying a price sensitivity that often puts enormous pressure on many manufacturers like you and also middlemen, supermarket restaurants and online retailers to produce efficiently and cost effectively. So how do you think this balancing act between sustainability goals and cost pressures can be achieved and what needs to be done to achieve this?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. First of all, I have to share with you one of our very good strengths and also the USP of Froster is that we produce food the way it should be, like you and me would cook it and eat it that's for sure not something you achieve very easy so there is also a challenge behind because what we do since almost 20 years now is to produce food without any additives or any additional let's say stuff in the food you would not put yourself if you would cook fresh meals So therefore we introduced the so-called food purity command for Frosta. And we are super successful with this one because it means really no additives and no additional stuff in the food. And that means in the process of sourcing the raw materials, also producing our ready meals, we have big challenges. And coming back to the initial question how we balance that for our customers we try to bring in the best ingredients really use the same way you would cook at home but make it ready for you to consume the good food very fast at home and that's why the balance works very well for us because Our customers and consumers buy the goods because it's healthy, it's sustainable, and it's very fast to consume.
1: I think I might need to make a trip over to Germany because this sounds great, but I'm very, very reliant on frozen foods like Sinset, working millennial or working Gen Z, whatever I fall into, but you know, you come home from work, you want something that's healthy and you want something that's nourishing and good for you. But sometimes you're on a time constraint, sometimes you're dealing with family, you're dealing with kids. So to have that accessibility to all types of working class people and any type of generational as well, it's really incredible. So thank you for sharing. But obviously, you know, Ben, like you said, the production of the frozen products can have unique costs and challenges such as special freezers and packing materials and just the cold chain management process in general. So what are some of the biggest challenges that your company faces throughout this full value chain here?
0: Yeah, as I said, what we really focus on is to get the best ingredients and you can imagine that's not right in front of your door sometimes. So that means we have to really see the global market on raw materials. And sometimes we have to also take the challenge to have logistics in between to get the raw materials to our factories in Europe then really the question of on one side getting the best quality and the most sustainable raw material on the other side the logistic costs and what is connected to that transport and all of this so what we try to do is to be very transparent on that and put it to the product and say we print on our products a CO2E footprint so that the consumer at the end has also the chance to decide, it want to have the best raw material, but I want to really look into sustainable production That he or she can choose the right product.
1: It's so interesting to put it in the hands of the consumer in that choice, because some people it's not their top priority. Maybe they're going for more cost effective. They're going for lowest material, but I don't think that those Have to be two separate. I think the driving force can be that tie between, like you said, sustainable raw materials and also having the cost effective end product for the consumer. So that's great. And as you were just saying, you were talking a bit about reducing the ecological footprint and CO2 and giving the consumer the chance to have that visibility into that data. Can you elaborate a little bit on how Frosta is approaching your sustainability and those environmental challenges as well?
0: For sure, yeah. We do it since a long time. And as we started to figure out what important data you need to calculate for our products, all the footprints, and get this information together, we figured out 10, 15 years ago, there was not really a solution. So what we had to do is to build something. We run SAP, so that's why we built something inside of SAP to calculate our product footprint. And then we said, okay, if we have this information, the most sustainable solution would be to provide it to the consumer. That's why we then decided if we can calculate it, let's add also the part of the consumer. So what is the footprint the consumer creates if he or she creates the food or cooks the food or even the transport to the home? And we put this full footprint on the packaging and that's what we do and develop since then with the technology going forward to use new technology to make it even more efficient but we drive to make it even more transparent for the future
2: great so as we are right now talking about this topic sustainability and you said you are also adding the information of consumers to the product for getting this footprint Where are you getting this information from the consumers, just like the average metrics that you put in? Because some are riding the bike, some are driving the car, some are using the newest cooker and the other one has still the old one. How are you combining this?
0: Yeah, for sure there is at the end an average and some things, but what we know very well is, for example, our packaging. We try to make it as sustainable as possible to reduce waste. But still, sometimes you have waste and then you can calculate based on, let's say, institute data. We also get the information and then you can calculate the average for waste. You can average the energy consumption, how many time you need to cook, what different possibilities you have to eat up the dish. So and there are average numbers, we get them from institutes and bring them in into our footprint calculation. And then for sure the internal stuff we know very well the production process the the freezing process the transport and logistics supply chain challenges we have in the packaging and then at the end you have all of this together you calculate it and then you need to get it to the consumers and as we have not only b2c and b2d business We have B2B. Also, we need to put it somewhere where the consumer has a chance to grab the information. So first idea was, okay, put it to the product, very transparent. And then it's there. But for sure, with technology, we have also a website. We call it the ingredient tracker. So you can go to this website and you can see all the ingredients, where the origin is. And also on that side, you see the CO2-E emission.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I've seen restaurants do that and I've always enjoyed it because it's like the farm to consume, but this is even cooler because it's,
2: you know, farm to exactly. home. So it's an even different experience. then you mentioned before that you're also using one of the SAP systems to track your carbon footprint. Do you mind to tell us a little bit more about this, of what exactly you're using and how you're using this? Yeah,
0: I, I open a little bit the door now for you to you what we did this year's back we started to figure out can we do with the sap erp this kind of calculation because there was no master data structure available and there was also not let's say it the focus on that so what we did is we built with the so-called receipt module environmental receipts so for each of our products we put like a dummy receipts and created here the calculation and that was the starting point. For sure, you need to add then a lot of external data, as we said. But this is still today, the, let's say, data, historical data are stored there. And over the years, then the SAP system developed and improved. And there are more and more information you can bring directly to the material, directly to the supplier, directly to machines. And we redesign it on the way now. To get the good data foundation because this is the most important to have very fast data availability and for sure on the reporting there's also a change if we look back five years look different than today
2: when you mentioned you're also using sap erp system right mm-hmm. yes and is that actually connected to the tool that you are using to calculate all the sustainable or the carbon footprint, and also to use it for the supply chain. How can we imagine yeah. this?
0: Yeah, the system we really calculate at the moment, the carbon footprint is an SAP S4 HANA system. But we, we use the add-on in the system, which is called receipt development. And with this module and the core ERP, we calculate at the moment our product footprint. For sure, you need external data. As I mentioned, you need data from the institutes to have average information about what is the average CO2E footprint if you transport from A to B or if you have a train or if you have heating up energy consumption and things like that. But at the end, we use SAP as a core system to calculate the E footprint.
2: At present, all consumers and companies have a major responsibility when it comes to combating climate change and then also limiting the rise in global temperatures. In this context, increasing energy efficiency, integrating renewable energies and making products or business processes climate neutral on the agenda of many companies also like for you. And then there's a new term like the corporate carbon footprint, the CCF or the carbon footprint for products, the PCF. And life cycle assessment are common methods for companies to obtain transparency on greenhouse gas emissions and starting point for optimizing or reduction. So for first as you have a wide range of products, which adds complexity to both product and manufacturing and data collection. How do you manage to collect and present the necessary data for, for example, for the calculation of the carbon footprint for products? as accurately as possible when you consider that different products or partial products are often manufactured in parallel in your company or that intermediate products take different process routes?
0: So that's a very good question because I think in the last years, the focus we put to this topic is much, much higher. And I really appreciate that because it's up to all of us to change it. If we not start, it will not happen so What we do is we calculate this product carbon footprint based on the raw materials, the production steps, and at the end, the packaging and transport information. And we are capable to do that for the range of all of our products. So what is long-term the idea is to even go one step ahead and add additional information like more data about biodiversity and environmental indicators. But for now, we are capable to report the corporate's footprint and also the product footprint for all of our product ranges. And as I said, we also print it to the product.
2: And what do you think the perfect system should look like that can map data such as biodiversity, environmental indicators, or water use, et cetera? as accurately as possible into this.
0: Yeah, I think what is the most important is that we start thinking about what is the input you need to calculate those kind of KPIs. And that starts with adding to everything you have in your end-to-end process, the needed information. So if I buy raw material today or in a lot of companies today, it's not important to understand what is a carbon footprint or what was already a carbon footprint until I buy the raw material, take it over into my process. So we should start with make this data available and make it mandatory to have the chance to and calculate it. And if we bridge that then to technology, we have the capability to store this data and also be able to report this data. And with this, I think at the end, you get a lot of transparency and that will help all of us.
2: Is there also the possibility for you to share this information with your suppliers, with your partners so that they can also reduce their carbon footprint? Is this also the goal for the future?
0: I think at the end, it will only work if we work together, not in silos. We have to work together end to end. And for sure, every business has to make also a profit and that's something which is also needed. But at the end, there are certain information which we can share to give back to the consumer all the information you need to take a decision. And I think this is something we should not hide. I know in our industry, it's not that common to be so transparent and it's not that easy because you have to be very brave in that because you need to share then also the good and the bad things. But at the end, I think it pays off because the consumer will decide for a company and the product you trust in.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I love that you're putting it in the hands of the consumer and allowing them to make their choice. Because it's better to have the data and the visibility and that transparency than nothing at all. Because if they're able to see that you've laid out this full end-to-end collaborative network across your raw materials to end product, and this is what is in front of you right now, I think that makes a world of a difference as a consumer, especially someone that's looking to make a difference in their own personal carbon footprint or ecological footprint because we can see it as a personal decision as well, but we can also support and buy from companies that see it as their main mission and focus too. So it's awesome. It's really cool to see what you're all doing. But Ben, this has been such a great conversation and thank you so much for all of your insights. I know our listeners will really take away some great perspectives from this. And believe it or not, we're already coming to the end of the podcast. And as the title of the series, is the future of supply chain? If you had to sum up in a sentence or two, in your opinion, what is the future of supply chain?
0: Yeah, I think it's integration end to end beyond the own company, like integrating into a networks, come and share important transparent data. We need to really achieve the goals we all have for sustainability, and for us it's food the way it should be
1: great like i said i'll make my way over to germany sometime soon just to have some frost (laughs) dust it's gonna be my main mission the second i touch down (laughs) very good well thank you again for joining it was such a great conversation i know sin and i really really enjoyed it so thank you so much for your time we appreciate it thank you and thank you all for listening please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time from Ben, Sin and I, thank you for discussing the future of supply chain.